Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Renamic. Berto Will is your host. Thank you so kind of being here, part of the show. We're going to have a great show for you today. We had a great show at KPFT this afternoon, and we're going to have a great show here. Great hearing from you at KPFT, Lee Grant, and also there was, I think, uh, Bruce Pollard, and who else showed up? But anyhow, great having everybody there. Anyhow, welcome aboard. Norman Reynolds is in the house. Lee Grant is in the house. Hi Coop 333 was also there in the house. And who else do we have? E2247, welcome aboard, my dear brother. Eric Hayes was also there, my good old brother. And uh, Bruce, uh, who else is in the house? Yvette Avery Herod, how you doing, beautiful? And Mike Mike, Mike Mike was there as well. E2247, I see you again. Melanie Keelan from Barcelona, Spain. How are you doing, our beauty? And we have as well May Wood in the house. And did I miss anybody? No. But our, our perennial Bridge MCP and Michael Rudnan are not here yet. Anyhow, folks, we're going to have a great show for you today. Uh, E2247 says, Mitakuye uwasia aepetu All my relatives, good day. Today's visit will be greatest ever visit. I hope I did a, at least a little bit of justice for that, uh, uh, E2247. If I didn't, forgive me. Maywood said something is wrong with the music stream. Please check it out. I think it's all. it should be all fine. Uh, E2247 said, former guy equal 34 felonies. No, the important interest in data is statement of facts, SOF, not the indication, not the indictment that it's lists most identical charges. The differences are in the dollar check it is. Yes, sir. All right, what else have we got here? We have E2247 says, false statement by American Media Inc. Cinch cooking that goose of that loser. Former guy, 45. I mean, we can't trust them on that. What did we trust them on? All right, Bragg showed his legal theory made clearly in a news conference after arraignment and SOF footnote cautions that it, the SOF, does not contain all facts relevant to the charge conduct, which is to be expected. Mike Mike says, listening while I work, small engine mechanic. Maybe you can fix my small generator. I have two generators, a big one. And a small one. One is, I think, 17 kVA. The other one, I think, is 10. The 10 one, it starts to stop. It starts to stop. And I think there's something wrong with the carburetor. I don't know. Anyway, Melanie Keelan says, hi, y'all. E2247 continues. And let's see what, what else we got here. Mike Mike is saying hello or bye. I hope it's saying hello. Uh, we got Eric Hayes says, teach financial literacy. Focus on the family. Looking back on raising my children. It seems like most conversations about financial matters seldom progress beyond, hey, dad or mom, can I have some money? Maybe you can relate. It's important to teach our kids to think responsibly about handling money, but that sure is challenging. I agree, brother Hayes. One child is a deliberate saver. Another spends quicker than they get it. Why are they so different? And how do you connect with each other? Maybe you struggle trying to track your own bank account. And make ends meet. So you wouldn't even know where to start talking about these things with your child. Or perhaps it's part of a bigger picture on you just wish you could get your kids to look away from their screens long enough to have an actual conversation about anything, much less about money. I'd like to invite you to listen to today's Focus on the Family broadcast as Jim Daly and I talk to financial experts Matt Bell. Matt will offer insights about money, personalities, and provides helpful strategies for helping our kids learn how to manage resources 
With an eternal perspective in mind, I hope you'll join us by tuning into our local radio station or listening online or through our mobile app, Grace and Peace, John Fuller VP Programming. Hayes, is that an ad for somebody else? Is that, or you are going to be on the program, Hayes? I would love it. If you're on the program, you can come here and ask folks to go look at your program anytime. You know, that's what it's all about. If you're on the program, I'd love to hear what you have to say. Correct me if I'm wrong. All right, we also have um, High Coop says catching two live shows in one day. Someone kick me. Make sure I've not died and gone to heaven. Well, my brother High Coop 333, you got two shows today. You got two shows today. And Norman says hi to everyone. Bruce says need a bit more sound. Maybe running out, running of other mic. Oh, I hope it's good. I'm looking at the numbers and we're actually clipping at the end. So. I'm not sure. Tell me if I'm, 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 I'm any better, sir. Let me know if I'm any better. Alistair Waters just joined us. She's in the house. Egberto, you're getting lots of rain. Yeah. I actually drove through a whiteout to get here. And before I got here, I had to go to my wife's job, get her car, bring it home, leave my car, all of this after KPFT, then get back here in time to do this. Because again, her car kind of gets wet. It's really low, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I wanted to make sure. She didn't have to drive through all that crap. Anyway, uh, Bruce Pollard says, we got an inch today, maybe three or four over the next few days. Uh, that will be good. And Bree says, when my daughter told me how to sort her laundry, she started to do it. When she wanted an allowance, I said, list the chores and your room isn't one of them. Chores are for family. <laughs> that is cool. Anyhow, folks, um, what do you guys think? What do you want to talk about today? I have three subjects that I want to talk about. But of course, you guys decide if we want to change them. But yesterday was big. Not because of Trump. Trump was an afterthought as far as I'm concerned. I thought it was just theater. And I don't see why we spent so much time on theater. Welcome aboard, Paul Fleming. So I want to ask you all, before I get into the, the video, I only have one video today. Do you think we spent too much time on Trump yesterday? I do. I do. But I don't know. Maybe I'm just too into it to think that we should have it. So what's your thoughts? Bridge MCP says, Wisconsin liberal woohoo. That is what we're going to talk about first. And uh, Alistair says, we have a lot of lightning here, not a lot of rain yet. We got both lightning and rain here in Kingwood. Uh, bad orange boogeyman syndrome via the left, according to Eric Hayes. And Paul Fleming Sr. says, yes, too much coverage. Bridge MCP says, yes, way too much. Will be a year before anything. I know. So why spend all that time? Okay, let's do this. Let's go ahead and play. I think I have one video there. There's a couple other videos I could show, but I think I'd shown them before. I'm, I don't remember, so I didn't pull them up. But check this out. And then we'll take it on the en el otro lado. Something big happened in Wisconsin today. The progressives took over the Supreme Court of Wisconsin, which is extremely important. I want you to listen to what uh, uh, Rachel Maddow had to say, and then we'll take it on the other side. Check this out. We'll take it on the other side. 
results in the very important Wisconsin wow. Supreme Court wow. election tonight. Uh, Janet Protasewicz is uh, the more liberal of the two candidates. Dan Kelly, the more conservative of the two candidates. This is considered broadly to be the, the most important election in the country, the most consequential election in the country in the year 2023. Uh, as you see with these elections here, the projected winner is Janet Protasewicz, wow. uh, the more liberal of the two judicial candidates here. This has very very big consequences for Wisconsin and indeed for the country. Uh, I will just point out a couple of things here. Um, this may very well mean that there is a deciding vote in the Wisconsin Supreme Court that results in abortion being legal in Wisconsin instead of illegal. It also means that Wisconsin, which is arguably the most gerrymandered state in the country, may finally get what are considered to be fair maps rather than radical Republican maps. I will also say that the Wisconsin Supreme Court is the one Supreme Court in the nation that agreed to hear Donald Trump's challenges to the 2020 election, and it was only by one vote that they refused his demand to throw out hundreds of thousands of votes in Democratic cities in Wisconsin, thereby giving him that state's election result when he had not, in fact, won it. Uh, and now the majority on the Wisconsin Supreme Court for the first time in more than a decade will flip from hard right conservative control to progressive control. That is a huge, huge deal. deal. Let me tell you why this is important, folks. Uh, Wisconsin is one of those states that are pretty much close to 50-50 with a bias towards Democrats. In other words, uh, they've elected, uh, if, you, if you take a look at who they elected in 2022 and even before, we have a governor who is Democrat. He was elected 51% to 47% or so. We also had the Secretary of State who was elected 48%. Again, the pretty tied, tied in, in, in the vote. Uh, we also had the attorney general who was 50%, 50 50.7% by 49.3%. So the state is pretty even. The Senate candidate did not win. Johnson still inched out by a bit, by a point on Bourne. So it's a pretty even state. But when you look at what occurs when we look at the districts that were drawn for the congressional candidates, they send, and let me bring that up here, they send to Congress just two Democrats, and I believe it, it is seven Republicans or something to that effect. It's ridiculous. It's, it should really be pretty close to 50-50, the amount that they send to Congress. But they get a vast majority with gerrymandering for the, uh, for, for the Republicans. Now, how is that mitigated? That uh, they took the maps to the Supreme Court and because they had a right wing Supreme Court, the Supreme Court allowed them to use these severely illegal, gerrymandered, unconstitutional maps. Well, you know what? With this election, this is where we talk about election matters. With this election, that is no longer the case. As it turns out now, this, this is it. Actually, they had eight congressional votes. And it turns out that two of the eight were Democrats, six Republicans. It's a shame that so many people get misrepresented. And don't let that map fools, fool you right there. Because in the red areas, nobody lived there. Most of the population in Wisconsin, you'll find in Madison, 
You'll find in, in Milwaukee, you'll find in Green Bay has a, a, a substantial population and uh, Kenosha and, and a few other places. But again, what we're looking at now is the repair of democracy. And you know what should, should be scary for Republicans? The race was not even close. This election is not only important for Wisconsin. This election is important for the entire country. Because if we get the amount of congressional seats out of Wisconsin that we need, in other words, seats that are not gerrymandered out of Democratic control, it is much easier for Democrats to control the House again in 2024 not just control the whole house by one or two votes, but if we get this results in Wisconsin, if we get the North Carolina maps uh, taken care of, if we get the Ohio maps taken care of, it means that in Congress, we will have the appropriate democratic majority that should be there based on the values of the people in the United States. Abortion, guns, and progressive values win big, even in states that are not big democratic states, because progressive values are what most Americans want. Remember that. Absolutely so, folks. Absolutely so. And yes, yes, yes to, to uh, Yvette Avery Herod, who says, remember, don't forget, a union guy, a working class guy became mayor of where? became mayor of Chicago. And here it is, folks. Brandon Johnson wins race for Chicago mayor, securing big victory for progressives. And then it says Cook County Commissioner Brandon Johnson won the race for mayor of Chicago Tuesday by defeating former Chicago Public School CEO Vallas in a major win for progressives. I was so, so happy. I was so happy to see what was going on in Chicago. And, and um, I want to I give you kudos, Yvette. All the you union folks went out and worked your behinds off to make sure that what the people want, they would get. I understand that one of the leadership in the, Repub in the Democratic Party was supporting uh, his opponent, but he was a progressive candidate. And what, again, the other guy wasn't a bad guy. But the person who needed to win won. So thank you for pointing that out. I was going to talk about that, but I was going to do that later. But so you got me ahead of time to get it. Now, the other thing I want to talk about isn't what I intended to cover, but what I found as I was posting the show at um, Daily Coast. It's a very important story. Not that the others aren't important, but to my brothers and sisters, to my Republican brothers and sisters. I, I, I ran and brought this to the fold because I wanted you to see what, what the leadership of the right is doing to our Republican brothers and sisters. It is imperative. It is imperative. I'm not telling you guys to become Democrats. I'm not telling you to become Republicans. I mean, to, to become progressives. I'm telling you to just become what's good to make sure you're healthy. Do what's necessary to make sure things work right for you. What do I want to show you? This was written by Paul Krugman, Understanding the Red State Death Trip. Last Friday, the Medicare trustees released their latest report on the system's finances, and it contained some unexpected good news. 
expenditures are running below projections and the hospital insurance trust fund won't be exhausted as, as soon as previously predicted. Wow, great news. But what does that mean? But one important reason for this financial improvement was grisly. COVID killed a substantial number of Medicare beneficiaries. And the victims were disproportionately seniors already suffering from severe and expensive health problems. So we save a lot of money there by them dying. You remember what uh, Grayson said? Republicans want you to die quickly. If you get sick, die quickly. As a result of the surviving population had spending that was lower than average. Now, COVID killed a lot of people around the world. So wasn't this just an act of God? Not exactly. Not exactly. You see... America experienced a bigger decline in life expectancy when COVID struck than any other wealthy country. Furthermore, while life expectancy recovered in many countries in 2021, here it continued to fall. And America's dismal COVID performance was part of a larger story. I don't know how many Americans are aware of that. Over the past four decades, our life expectancy has been lagging ever further that of other advanced nations, even nations whose economic performance has been poor by conventional measures. Italy, for example, has experienced a generation of economic stagnation with basically no growth in real GDP per capita since 2000 compared with 29% rise here. Yet Italians can expect to live about five years longer than Americans. All right. What explains the American way of death? A large part of the answer seems to be political. One important clue is that the problem of premature death isn't evenly distributed across the country. Life expectancy is unequal across regions with major coastal cities not looking much worse than Europe, but the South and the East heartland doing far worse. In other words, folks, red states. But wasn't it always thus? No. Geographic health disparities have surged in recent decades. According to the U.S. Mortality Database, as recently as 1990, Ohio had slightly higher than life expectancy than New York. Since then, New York's life expectancy has risen rapidly, nearly converging with that of the rich countries, while Ohio's has hardly risen at all and is now four years less than New York. There has been considerable research into the causes of these growing disparities, a 2021 paper published in the Journal of Economic Perspectives examined various possible causes, like the increasing concentration of highly educated Americans who tend to be healthier than those with less education in states that are already highly educated and the widening per capita income gaps among states. The authors found that these factors can't explain more than a small fraction of the growth mortality gap. Instead, they argued a best explanation lane policy, the post promise uh, explanation of findings involve efforts by high-income states to adopt specific health improvement policies and behavior since at least the early 1990s. Over time, these efforts reduce mortality in high-income states more rapidly than in low-income states, leading to widening spatial disparities in health. That sounds right, but did high-income states adopt healthier improvement policies because they were rich and could afford to? Or was it because 21st century America, high-income states tend to be politically progressives and politics rather than money per se account for the difference? 
there is in fact a strong correlation between how much states' life expectancy rose from 1990 to 2019 and its political lean, as a measure by Joe Biden's margin over Donald Trump in the 2020 election, a correlation uh, slightly stronger by my estimates than the correlation with income. There are several several reasons to believe that America's death trip is largely political rather than economic. One is in the comparison with European nations, which has had better outcomes. Another is the fact that some of the poorest states in America with the lowest life expectancies are still refusing to expand Medicaid, even though the federal government would cover the bulk of the cost and the failure to expand Medicaid is killing many hospitals. This suggests that they are failing to improve health because they don't want to, not because they can't afford to. So, finally, since COVID struck, residents of Republican-leaning counties have been far less likely to get vaccinated and are far more likely to die if than residents of Democratic-leaning counties, even though vaccinations are free. So, as you can see, following red states, following Republican orthodoxy, gets you killed. I'm, I'm not saying this to, 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 to be rude. I'm saying Republican policies because they're not based on science. Republican policies because they're evil. Republican policies because they, they refuse to spend the money on their people instead of giving it to the wealthy causes the death of their citizens. It's all in the numbers. It's been in the numbers. We've been talking of this for decades. What will it take? All I'm saying, wake up. Wake up. My brothers and sisters on the right, you are killing yourselves. You're killing yourselves by choice. Tom C. says, why are we celebrating a small win for democracy against autocracy? Our country is in trouble due to one of two political parties trying to tear up the Constitution and make America democracy. Let me tell you why this one is big for me, um, Tom. The presidency is going to go through um, Wisconsin. And Wisconsin, with that vote, can change uh, the Congress. Because of the redistricting, what we can do is remove the gerrymandering that has occurred in Wisconsin we can gain two seats there because of democracy. That's what democracy is all about. We can also go to North Carolina and Ohio, which also have contented maps that are in contention. And just the changes of those maps would make the Congress more representative of what people actually are voting. That's what that's why it's big in Wisconsin. That is why it's big in Wisconsin. All right, let's see what else we got. Drop your labels and open your ears. Yeah, it is important. Um, it is important, Haiku, that these people understand that the policies are getting them killed. Here in Texas, it's sad because we have hospitals closing, but and they're not closing in, in, in areas like where, where progressives live, Houston, Dallas, uh, San Antonio, El Paso. Those hospitals have enough people to keep them sustained. The rural hospitals need the Medicaid expansion to the Affordable Care Act because the people can't afford those hospitals, the infrastructure that those hospitals recommend. It's not rocket science. It's just economics. So we subsidize the rural areas. 
But since they don't want the Medicaid expansion to the Affordable Care Act, that subsidy goes away. Hospitals close and the people stay without and they die. It is sad, but it's, you know, so what I tell people is, please, brothers and sisters, my my Republican brothers and sisters, please see the light. I urge you, I urge you to, to, to not buy into the hate that they're selling you. I urge you to do what's right for you, all America, not just the air. I mean, I'm saying this from the depths of my heart. Mike Cisaksic thing is, another GOP state legislature candidate was elected last night, giving the GOP a supermajority in Wisconsin. No, they've always had a supermajority in Wisconsin, and that, that Senate who actually won, won by a lot less. It should have been a blow. It should have been a blowout. It was not. So it doesn't matter that they have a supermajority because they won't get anything executed without the governor now, especially since the governor now has the Supreme Court. So thank you. Wishful thinking, but it is it is sad. The Medicare records clearly show the vaccines are killing people. Oh my God. Don't take the vaccine, Mike. I I love you, Mike. Wanted to keep coming to the show, but you keep buying into what you're being told by those crooks that are making money on your death, making money on your illness. You'll be just fine in a grave. You'll be just fine in a grave. And and we will miss you at at Politics Done Right because we do want What's good for you, Mike Cisak? But you're killing yourself by choosing to listen to those who don't have your interests at hand. You're killing yourself. All right. Next subject at hand is, uh, and this one is against progressive. Um, this one here, what is it called? Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Where is it? Washington Post. Veterans deserve support for. But one benefit program deserves scrutiny. It, it drives me crazy, right? Uh, Mike, it's like, I don't care if you've already had COVID. You can get something else that, that's, that harms you if you follow the methodology of not listening to science and listening to folks like, like Steve Kirch, Substack.com. I mean, a quack, okay? Uh, I mean, please. I think those people should be locked up for kids. I, you know what I think? I think people who people, people who write stuff that says you shouldn't take a, a, a thing that saves you, when the person who follows them die, I think those people should be thrown in jail for murder. I honestly think so. They should be thrown in jail for murder. Uh, they should be thrown in jail for murder. All right, let's see here. Para ver, para ver, para ver, para ver, para ver, para ver. What else have I got here? What else have I got here? Okay. The Washington Post came out with um, an article. And I think the article pissed off a lot of people because you won't expect a, a, pro, a, a, a paper that is decidedly progressive. Not, not the paper in itself, but you understand what I'm saying. To actually come out with policies that would hurt the people who serve this country. And that is exactly what's happening here. And, and, and the, the, way the, the way it starts, it sounds cool. It sounds cool. It says, uh, the title of the, the opinion from the, from the editorial board says, 
Veterans deserve support, but one benefit program deserves scrutiny. And I'll tell you in a nutshell what they want to do. What they want to do is they're saying, you know, when you get out of, you go serve in Iraq or one of these places, let's say you get PTSD or something like that. What could happen is you may get disability based on you having gotten PTSD from serving in Iraq. Now, uh, when you get back to the United States and qualify for the PTSD, if you get a job and you're still going for treatments and so forth, you continue to get that extra benefit, right? That we, the American people, owe you as a veteran for having served the country, for having put your life at risk for the country. Now, this great Wall Street Journal wants to say, no, well, you know, if you got better or if you don't really need it, we need to start taking that money away from you to save costs. Okay? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. These people risk their life. You want to save the rich person, the person who makes their money off of stocks, the person who sits down at their pool and twiddle your fingers and watch their, their ticker tape. No longer ticker tape. It's really a computer screen. Watch your computer screen and say, hey, guess what? I just made a $10,000. Oh, I just made X amount of dollars. They do nothing. They do nothing. But their money is working for them. Remember what I told you yesterday about money working for you? Your money never works for you. You're saying that your money works for you means you're making money off of somebody who is doing the work for you. Don't ever forget that. Don't ever forget that. Money can't do any work. But anyhow, let's going back to the issue at hand. So what, what the article says now is that we should take away some of your money, right? We need to, I wonder, disability payments based on those ratings go to veterans tax-free and continue with some exceptions for the entirety of the veteran's life. And they are paid regardless of whether the recipient is working. Helped by sustained public campaign and credits for employers and tax codes, most veterans return to the civilian workforce after their service and are more likely to be employed today than non-veterans. This Disabled veterans return to the workforce at nearly the same rate as veterans without disabilities. By contrast, social security disability payments go only to those who cannot work and who have paid in at a certain level. So let's be careful with this. Even social security disability needs to be edited, needs to be made better. All right. So over the next eight years, disability payments uh, to veterans and their survivors are expected to rise by nearly Half from 130 to 192 billion. At the same time, the number of veterans received disability is expected to rise more modestly from 5.7 million to 6.3 million, or slightly more than 10% over that period. Though the Department of Veterans Affairs revises its disability ratings from time to time, Congress should consider a broader modernization of the disability rating system. In other words, let's cut them, let's give less. I'm sorry. These are people that risk their lives. I don't mind them making some extra bucks on the dole right now. Because, folks, they've, they, they stepped up. They decided that they would go fight for the country. 
Why would we want to nickel and dime them? Bezos made a lot of money off of our tax dollars. That, that flight that he took to space, all of that wasn't on his dole. That was our money. Do you see anybody saying, let's go ahead and stop giving money to, uh, to not Bezos, to uh, the guy, to, to uh, Musk? Come on, people. Musk and all these guys lift off the dole. All these government contracts that are overpriced. If the, if the Washington Post wanted to find a person to blame for our deficits, they would blame the corporates, corporations that charge three, four times what they should for the products that they claim to be building that really was developed by most of us. All right, Kat Leiden says, there was a video of a statement in Alaska hearing read, read the death of a child due to abuse. The comment was that the death was a positive as if it was save the system money. Uh, the, the death was positive as it would save the system money. Oh my God, that is sick. Haikoop said, that's what we have been saying, West. New, we new fascists were lurking and Trump opened Pandora's box of demons. Yeah, he did. He did. He did. All right, Egberto, if, if it could be given to other like people, say PTSD person dies from, for some reason and their will says to go to a non-veteran friends, would you be okay with that? Um, again, I'm okay with what the person who served, okay? Now, if he has a wife that, that was dependent on his income as well. So... It's it look. It's complicated. It's more com it's more complicated than me answering it in in a two minute question. But what I'm saying is the one thing I don't want is I don't want veterans cut. I want veterans to get what they deserve. I want get veterans to get more than they deserve. They've actual well. I don't want to say more than they deserve because how do you not deserve just about anything after you have put your life at risk for your country, right? So come on now. Let's be clear on that. I, I want to be sure that our veterans are, in fact, compensated for what they did. I want them compensated for what they did. So WAPO should be ashamed of throwing these guys under the bus. Anyway, folks, I'm going to have to leave a little bit early because it's raining here and I have to take Ashley to an appointment. But I want I still have a few more minutes that I can actually take a few more questions or whatever. Uh, Haikoop says, I saw that too, Cap. More proof money is more valuable to them than children. I would love to see that link. Do you have a link to that, um, Lyndon? Lyndon, I would love to see that link. I would love to see that link. Eric says, veterans deserve everything and more, but our government says otherwise via Afghanistan. No, that's not where the big problem with veterans come in. We brought them home. We brought them home. Now let's take care of them. That's what it's all about. Let's take care of them. My head hurts. All right, let's see what else we got here. Let's see what else we got here. Uh, para ver, para ver. So those are, the, those are the major stories that I wanted to cover today. One, the importance of the Wisconsin win. Uh, notwithstanding what Brother Tom C. has said, I want, to, I want to kind of, I understand that democracy is in trouble, Tom, but we have to start somewhere. And Wisconsin gave... What I call it, what I said in, in the show earlier today at KPFT is I said it's a minor break in the fever. 
the fever is somewhat breaking. The fact that in a 50-50 state, we won by over 10 points, that was astounding. That was astounding. So I think that was a good thing. Anyway, folks, what else have you got? Anything else you got to ask? Those of you that are listening on YouTube, those of you that are listening on Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, anywhere, if you have some questions, lay them out. I had a short show today because we got it cut out a bit early. So please go ahead and add. We still have a few more minutes that I can answer anything you guys want to put on the screen. Uh, if you don't have anything, I have a few other topics that I'd love to talk to you about. All right. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. All right. I, I did a piece today on my um, Substack that I did at KPFT that I want to do here because I think it's important. I think it is very important. And here it goes. Attack scheme. Cat Lydon said, yes, question I shouldn't be legal to switch parties after you are elected. You know, Cat, she switched, she'll pay the price. I saw it at Daily Coast. She switched, she'll pay the price. Folks, don't forget to support all these rags like Daily Coast and uh, Common, Common Dreams. And they're good, good, progressive sites that we need to make sure that they stay solid. And don't forget, of course, here as well, politicsandright.com slash support. All right. What I want to talk to you about is what I spoke about at KPFT. And it goes like this. A tax scheme that hurts the poor. As I drove into KPFT a few mornings, I saw a beautiful, beautiful three-story building on a lot in the hood. Somebody with capital made a wise decision. They probably bought the land for cheap, close to the center of Houston, and built an expensive, beautiful three-story home. A three-story abode. That one act, esa unique, ese acto, likely increased the value of the entire area. This means the homes, but more likely the land, since they'll probably just bulldoze a home and build a new home in the area, will appreciate a lot. The price is probably going to go up by a bunch. Okay? This will force many to sell their homes at less than market value because they cannot afford the new taxes. But that is not all. Let's say a person doesn't have a lot of money, but is very good working with their hands. They can build. They know how to construct. They know how to use cement and wood and all that good stuff. So they took the materials that were donated to them by good friends, right? They took all this donated material and they said, you know what? I want to fix up my land. I want to fix up my house. And they make all these changes to the home. And it turns out to be a first-class house that he or she built with their bare hands. And now that house has quadruple, quintuple in value. Just like the neighbor's house that I told you about, it just increased in value. You know, after that guy puts all of that into that home, he would probably have to let it go in Texas and in many other places. Why? Because the way our tax system works, he's, his property tax will zoom all the way up. And likely, even as he could build an expensive a house as he could for next to nothing, just his labor, the tax man is going to say this house 
is appraised at this value and you owe that tax on it every single year. But that's not all. If you own a stock, it's capital. It's an asset. If you own a home, it's capital. It's an asset. It's your asset. The owner of stocks does the owner of a stock does not pay taxes on their assets or stocks until their gains or losses are realized. What does that mean? If I have $10 billion in stocks, if and let's say it, I bought that stock at $5 billion. That's a $5 billion, uh, what you call uh, tax uh, appreciation of the value of tax, what they call capital gains, a $5 billion capital gains. I would owe normally taxes on $5 billion. But I only owe that if I sell the $10 billion of stocks that I have. If I sell that, then I have to pay tax on the $10 billion. But if it's just sitting there, I pay zero. Right? I pay zero. But here's the deal. If your house appreciates, you don't have to sell your house. The tax manna cometh. And he says, your house is now worth this. You owe the tax man this. What does that really do? Our financial system, our tax system is designed to keep most of the poor, poor, and most of the rich, rich. And of course, it keeps the middle class just treading waters. Our tax system can only be fair if it is progressive in nature, otherwise there is little room for the growth of the masses, and that is what we can see with our own eyes. So, what's the solution? The solution, first of all, is I think we should have an income tax. Both Texas and every other state, every state should have an income tax because you can, for, you, you can make sure that the first 100000 or so in income goes tax-free. And you can also, from that, thereafter, have a progressive tax on whatever other, uh, you know, whatever other income you make. And then, with respect to assets, if you have financial assets, not a home, financial assets that appreciate, whether sold or unsold, you should be able to collect a tax on the current value of said asset. I mean, it's the only logical thing to do because right now in Texas, the poor is overburdened in taxes that they can't do very well. And the wealthy has all kinds of tax breaks. In reality, anybody earning under a few hundred thousand dollars would do better in this system and the multi-billionaire would have to pay a lot more. And you know what? They owe us a lot more. It's not a gift that they're providing to us. It's what they owe us because that is on the wealth of people. Mike Cisak says, if a wealth tax is such a good idea, why did Europe kill theirs? Because of a plutocracy rebelled. And the plutocracy has more power than the average citizen because the average citizen does not realize that they should exert that pressure. 
So one of the things that I am promoting, not me per se, Egberto, but those of us progressives with a platform, what we continue to promote, we continue to promote is let's make our votes count. Let's make sure that folks do and pay what they owe. Okay? So that was the other subject that I wanted to touch on. And that was also done. We, we also did this one at KPFT. Uh, we also did the stuff about oil prices, why they're rising. Okay. Bridge says, at present, seven states, Alaska, Florida, Nevada, South Dakota, Tennessee, Texas, and Wyoming, levy no state income tax at all. One, Washington state levies a income tax on investment income and capital gains, but it is only for certain high earners. Uh, though Tennessee used tax investment and interest income, the whole income tax was fully repealed in January 2021. Everywhere, New Hampshire currently taxes investment and interest income, but it's set to phase out those starting in 2023. That will bring the number of states with no income tax to nine by 2027. Folks, we got to start getting smart. Egberto, you saying to make Texas great again. Yeah, that will make Texas great. Not great again. It'll make Texas great. Okay. Not great again, but it'll make it great. So anyway, folks, I got to get out of here early. Um, any other quick questions or comments uh, that anybody wants to tell me before I leave? Because I got to go prepare to drive, you know, my daughter to, to an appointment. Anything else that we need to talk about? Real quickly, I got about two minutes. I got about two minutes, dos minutos, dos minutos. So come quick with any questions that you have in the next two minutes. And I promise I'll get to that in the next two minutes. Next two minutes, replying, Bridge MCP, California. Tom C. said, as a vet who worked for the VA, I believe there are many vets who never get compensated for services connected disabilities, especially those with PTSD who never apply for benefits or commit suicide. You are so right. Uh, Bridge says, Egberto, when is your eye surgery? Tomorrow. I do my right eye tomorrow, tomorrow. So I'll likely be doing my show with a patch tomorrow. So, hey, I love you guys. You actually remembered, girl. Thank you. I am touched. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you. Anyway, folks, uh, since I don't see any other comments yet, uh, let me see. I'll go ahead and get out of here. Uh, Tom, whoa, good luck, pirate man. Pirata. Pirate in Spanish is pirata. Mañana voy a ser un pirata en el ojo derecho. En este ojo aquí. All right. I'm going to get out of here. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. And you guys know how I end this baby. I am what? Out. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.